0: Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on Canned Air. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Collie. I am Jake Runyon. And if you're hearing this episode, it means uh, something went wrong. One
1: of us has been killed.
0: <laughs> we couldn't record this week, so this is a burner episode. We're recording Enjoy. in advance.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, it's better than nothing, right? True. We have nothing, no topics, really, to talk about. But We're last kinda... time we did this, it turned out really good, it did. I think.
1: It's like one of my favorite episodes. Star Wars and IHOP. I love it. What a great combination. You're not
0: going to get that anywhere else.
1: No, nope. Only you can it. Dare. But before we do that, Jake. This is it, people of the world. Finally, it's happened. The stars have aligned. Mm-hmm. Human artifice and the machinations of God have come together to bring us this sublime second, this perfect unison. Preach it. Of divine purpose. Sing it. You need to buy tickets using promo code Candair. <laughs> <laughs> Save ten percent. And be sure to visit us on Twitter uh, at CandairPod and Instagram at Cand underscore Air. Check out our YouTube page for lots of cool videos and more on the way. Uh, go to our website, cannedairpodcast.com, see our special guest page, contact us on our contacts page, and uh, be sure to check out our line of merch at society6.com slash candairpod. forward slash. Okay. There it is.
0: There it is. There it is. Everything you need to complete your canned air experience. It's done.
1: Your enlightenment is complete. If you're a Buddhist, this is it. You've reached nirvana. True. Go home. Eat some beef. You're okay now. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> yeah. Congratulate yourself.
0: All right. Well, with that behind us and no agenda, what would you like to talk about, sir? Where do we begin?
1: I know you've been pretty hot on uh, Pokemon Go as of late. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, I have. You know, those raids. You've even got some, uh, yeah. some raid buddies, if I'm not mistaken. A little local gang. Yeah. Roves yeah. around, breaking into cars, capturing Pokemon. That's stuff.
0: what we do. That's what we do. We break into cars. No, it's funny. I uh, I got into that game when it launched last summer. Um, not too hot and heavy, but toward the end of summer, around August, September, I discovered High Banks Park, and then I was just Uh-oh. addicted. <laughs> yeah, it consumed everything. Gollum
1: finding the ring.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, again, it died off during the winter. I don't go outside in the winter. I cannot sure. deal with the cold. I just hibernate. <laughs> and, um... <clears throat> eat a lot of moss and peat. And right. So I've been playing here and there. I'm not too much during the summer until I heard that they were doing legendary raids. And... I am the only person, I know maybe one or two other people that still play this game. I think everybody I knew played it at the beginning, but oh, yeah. only a few people have lasted. And, the um, spike
1: in like usage of that game, it, it must have been such a sharp decline, because I feel like all at once yeah. people were done with it. Well, they didn't give you a whole lot
0: in the beginning. They've you know let you have some more now. Like In right. the beginning, it was just like, the game should have just been called Catch Pidgey and Weedle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all you were catching for the most part, but... Yeah, they they released the legendary raid battles and which is a cool concept. I don't play
1: the game personally, but I like that aspect
0: well, of it. Well, it's like the uh, like MMO, yeah, uh, kind yeah. of like EverQuest or Warcraft thing where you have to get a bunch of people to take down a big yeah. enemy,
1: same same uh, thing. I think it's a smart move to double down on that social aspect. Because right. there were a lot of people hanging out together, going to Poke Stops, roving around, but there was no real incentive for that. Right? Because it was every man for himself when you got there. You get instanced Pokemon, right? Everybody catches the thing. It's not like you. Oh, I got it. Right? I mean,
0: I mean, not everyone gets it. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you're. It's like these
1: things have like a two percent catch rate. So, so it was almost there was a, a competitive element to some extent, not a serious one. But- no, I mean not.
0: I mean, you see people get pissed off, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I was one of them. Not that I ever made a scene or anything. But, sure. I mean, you know, you have to have a raid pass. Now, you're given a free one every day. Oh, that's yeah. what
1: I'm saying before the raids. Like, before they introduced this raid aspect. You know, you could go out and play Pokemon Go with your buddies, but there was no real incentive. Oh, yeah. Now that there are raids, this yeah. social element
0: I mean, is- you guys could, like, go to gyms and, like, take down enemy gyms sure. or fight your own to make it stronger or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, that gets pretty old pretty yeah. quick. So now this this ra- You know, there's different levels of raids, so it takes, you know... A lower raid will take a, just a few people, where the bigger ones, the legendaries, you know, depending on your level, take 9 to 12, 13 people. Sure. And um, I don't know that many people who play. <laughs> and I happened to cross a group at the library. I saw on my phone there was a Zapdos over there, and I went over, and there's a whole group of people from the community. And I got... Plugged in with them I don't do Facebook But I made a Bullshit one So I could be in On their Facebook thread And like Kind of just see Where they're going And stuff And it has been So much fun To meet up With these people And we all travel Around the the town together uh, Hitting these things up but um right. we've lived here for about 2 years now and we have not like gone into the community and done any, anything. Sure. We just kind of go to what we already know. And, and
1: there are some places where there isn't necessarily a community, you know, quote unquote right. to get into. People are kind of individualistic.
0: Right. And I have met so many awesome people from the community doing this and found so many cool places all around me that I had no idea we're here. Like we've been going to all kinds of awesome parks lately as a result. Um I know my way around town a hell of a lot better. <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, it's just been a uh, godsend. And just something to do to get me out into the uh, sunlight. Yeah, it's been and it's fun. It's cool. The
1: unexpected benefits of a video game, you
0: know? And that's all that game really has delivered, you know? It's like last summer finding that... Exercise and navigation skills. Yeah, that finding that big park. I, I walked a ton last summer. And I have this summer, too, just uh, not as much as last. Right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's been a blast, and um, And I'm excited to see what's
1: happening. It's funny you say you you hooked up with your crew, you know, at the Mm -hmm. library there, because at the library I work at, there were all these people gathering out front, and I'm like, what what the hell's going on? a buddy of mine who works there, he bursts into the door, he's like, Jake, there are nerds everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) This woman walks in behind us, and he's like, are you okay, ma'am? Did they breathe on you?
0: (laughs) It was funny. I was hesitant to try to randomly just meet up with people doing these raids because I thought, I know. I'm going to be the oldest person yeah, there. Yeah, what if I'm too old? It's not the case, man. Most of the people there are older than I am. <laughs> and I'm like 35, so... It's a cool reason to get out and about, I guess. Yeah, you know? it's just been a lot of fun. Um, Just getting a lot of uh, exercise in and shit. It's always easier to run if there's a it.
1: carrot on a stick.
0: You yeah. Know? And now they're going to be uh, un- revealing these like exclusive raids coming up here where you get an invitation from the game to show up somewhere at a certain time to try to catch Mewtwo. That sounds
1: dangerous. Oh, it's going to be awesome.
0: But there's going to be people all over the place, I'm sure. It would have to be. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to?
1: Man, not a hell of a lot. Mostly painting. Painting the uh, game figures? Yeah, yeah, and I've been stuck in it in a big way, because I I used to paint mostly like Warhammer, War Machine, Mm -hmm. a lot of these large-scale battle games, and I found the issue was, A, the expense, because you're not just paying for the model itself, you're paying for its ability to influence the game. Right. So something that, you know, takes approximately the same, you know, cubic inches worth of plastic to create, is gonna cost more or less depending on how powerful it is when you bring it to the table and that was cool and all because there's some great sculpts and i like doing it but a i didn't really like playing these games b i didn't necessarily have anyone to play with and c they just took up space on the shelf right and then i started getting into like these hybrid miniature board game kind of things. something quick you can play over the course of an hour with your buddies and some of them out there especially some of these younger kickstarter projects have such incredibly cool models and concepts. Right. I picked up something at Gen Con called Massive Darkness. It's very much a classic dungeon crawl. You've got your six archetypal heroes. You know, there's a barbarian, a wizard, a paladin, an elf, a dwarf, a rogue, you know, all of that stuff. And it comes with all these goblins and orcs and demons and giant spiders and just cool monsters and you're just fighting and collecting treasure it's like all the best parts of like playing dungeons and dragons with your buddies Mm -hmm. but nobody has to run the show or come up with the stuff because you're playing against the game itself right monsters have a predefined way of acting and you know if everyone follows the rules it plays nice and smooth and painting those models has been super rewarding because like not only are they all different and interesting and i can try new stuff Mm-hmm. but i know they'll get some use right and i can bring them to a party with my buddies and they'll go like oh cool the whole thing's painted you it feels like a real project and right. i've been obsessed with that lately
0: i've seen your uh, your models you're damn good at oh, what you well, do oh thank you sure. I, like the attention to detail on such a tiny figure is astounding
1: i love that it's just like i don't know how you do it like i <laughs> you know what you know what it is when mm-hmm. i was when i was younger and i just started painting stuff I did not have the patience for it. I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I just want this to be done. I've had to like change my perception of the project. And I really think, I'm going to sound like a total douche right now, mm-hmm. I really think it's helped my outlook on life. Because when I'm painting these models, I used to skip over details or just paint a bunch of stuff the same color. Like, we'll just pretend it's not there. Hmm. Anymore, I, I'm not thinking about the finished model. I'm thinking about the process of painting. right, And just like being in the moment and enjoying that. And right. the way it feels when you take your time to finish something and you know for a fact you've gone through every little part of it and done the best you could. Right. When it's done and you set it down it, it just like this feeling washes over you. you're you just like ah oh, yeah hell yeah I imagine what it feels like after you finish a marathon or something.
0: I know what you mean I feel that way sometimes when I finish the show like when we get like our 200th for example yeah, you know yeah. I when I edit this show down I have a very standard way of doing it very rhythmic I don't even think about it but when when it comes to special episodes like that where you know we're breaking the mold not doing what we normally do i have to start thinking of new things to do and i sometimes want to just glaze over things like well it'll take too long to do that but since you're there it's like if you're you got to go all the way or don't do it don't half-ass
1: it use the whole ass
0: use the whole ass indeed and uh you know in the end i'm always glad i did i mean thinking back of all the uh man lost hours that they go into details but make it so much worth it it. and you know
1: projects like that painting models fixing cars like you can apply this to any skill Mm -hmm. any any profession anything that requires an attention to detail doing it well is a process of a hundred thousand tiny things that no one will notice Mm -hmm. and individually they mean nothing but together they're what makes a good thing a great thing There's there are details
0: that you don't your, your your conscious self doesn't notice but subconsciously yeah. you definitely notice it brings back to uh, walt disney i think i've said on the show before about the doorknobs do you yeah, remember that yeah yeah uh i think the doorknobs he had chosen were out and one of the contractors said, oh we'll just get this other one but no no one will ever right. notice okay maybe not some you know but subconsciously they will Something's Everything's gonna
1: be it only takes one thing being off to shatter the mm-hmm, illusion-hmm I love that concept yeah that's uh I tell you what that Walt Disney he, he knew what he
0: was doing I mean you know I suppose he had a couple things figured out yeah it took him a long way to get there but that was just
1: it, persistence <laughs> just a shame it never panned out for him yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I know right it's funny uh, something you said earlier that was uh, Kind of funny about the, 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 the little plastic figures. Essentially, yeah. they're all little just plastic figures, yeah, I mean, all the true. same thing, made of the same plastic. It's not like one's made of gold. No, you know, no. But,
1: you know, oh, they're made of pewter. This one's resin. Like, who gives a shit? They're all... But, like you said,
0: based on its power in the game. And the same goes with, like, Pokemon cards or sure. Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah. How much it, is a
1: holographic Charizard worth compared to, like, a little Metapod or something? Oh, I have no
0: idea. I've never a lot. Uh, never got those games, the card games. Right. But um, essentially, I guess what I'm getting to is it's funny how we put value on yeah. things and what, the, what our... I don't, it's hard to explain the value we give it.
1: Yeah, it's that dynamic between ascribed value and intrinsic value. Mm -hmm. You know, like a gold bar is worth its weight in gold. You know, Uh, a painting by a master is worth intrinsically the canvas and the cost of the paint to make it. But the ascribed value is astronomical. You know, a Matisse or something is worth a hell of a lot more than the material it's made out of. Those I get, though. You know,
0: a work of right. art like that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that can go back to your figures because those are works of art, oh, too. Well, you know, because even if you're not using them in a game, they're phenomenal display pieces. Well, I really you know? appreciate that. Yeah. But, and
1: it feels good to have them on the shelf. Yeah,
0: but I don't think the same could be said, like, about those cards or anything. Because, essentially, they're so. all just little pieces of paper yeah, yeah. laying in there. It's just because people want that one more is why it's more expensive.
1: I don't right. know. No, I I, I um, definitely see what you mean. I feel like I can justify paying as much as I do for these models and stuff because I'm going to put my personal touch on it. I'll be able to say like, oh, that's mine. Mm -hmm. If I were of a different mindset, I'd have 100,000 action figures and old vintage toys and stuff. Let me preface this by saying I am not shitting on your collection of action figures (laughs) and vintage toys. As you
0: stare at the action (laughs)
1: figures behind me. I totally get what you're doing, and I do not disrespect it in any way. But I've got this weird thing where I've never... Ever since I was a kid, as Mm -hmm. long as I can remember, I've never been content to just like something. Right. Like, if I'm a fan of a game or a toy or a book or a movie, I don't like just being a fan of it. Mm -hmm. I, I have to... Utilize it in some way right. Say like that's cool but how can I make use Of this concept or this visual or, or this this sound even Right. And and I have to make it my own So it's really satisfying to take These things that someone else has dreamt up And say like that's cool but I'd like it More if it looked like this you know And then right. I get to put my spin on it so that I will shell out absurd amounts of money For
0: I, I guess with my uh, action figures uh, It's not so much as like Oh, that looks cool! I want that one. You know what? Everything I have on my shelf behind me. From listeners at home who obviously can't see, I've got a shelf all the way to the ceiling, just jam-packed. It is a substantial shelf of action figures. Space well utilized, big and small. But all these things are from things from my childhood, things I've loved forever. A lot of the toys that are up there are things I've had since I was a little kid. A lot of them are ones that I've lost when I was a child and then went and purchased again, or ones that um, I never owned as a child and wanted as a child. But it all ties back to that element. It all ties back to that, because I, you know, not only am I a fan of pop culture and everything we talk about here, I'm a fan of my own experience with that. And I like to catalog um, my experiences in Pop culture throughout my lifetime. That's a good point, and that's really essentially the point of this whole podcast. Yeah, because um, you don't
1: remember your favorite TV shows or books in a vacuum. You remember right. them as they affected your life at that time.
0: Right, and in the end game, when this show's all said and done, I'm going to have a catalog, you know, of everything I loved. Stuff I've forgotten, I've yeah. mentioned somewhere in the show before, you and know? then you
1: can sit down and say, "This is it. Here are my experiences. Right. You know? and Here's me."
0: So I guess these toys are kind of that same vain i mean there's some stuff on there it's obviously newer but um yeah just stuff i love I, from my childhood i
1: totally get that and it reminds me of a story that, <laughs> i hope it's worth the payoff but mm. bear with me because this is something that happened recently there's this game i used to play when i was in oi third grade which said oi unironically <laughs> so i don't know how i feel about that right now when i was like in third grade it was called earth 2150 it's Earth in the year twenty one fifty. This was a game you said. This is a video game. Yeah, what, it was a what, strategy game, kind of like gun, PC,
0: like a, it like was a, on the computer. Yeah. Age of Empires, yeah, yeah, very kind of similar thing. in that capacity. Okay, I think and, I kind of um,
1: remember that. You had these, you know, warring factions, and you would research technologies, and you build little custom units, like you choose their chassis and their weapon and their engine right. and all that noise. And I played it obsessively. It was my whole life for a while because it was just the coolest game I had, and it blew me away. And the other day I found this, not the other day, it was a little while ago, I found it on this website called goodoldgames.com, gog.com, that has all these great old games that they like up-convert for modern operating systems. Oh, really? Oh, at like super <clears throat> cool prices. This is not paid advertisement. this is just a website <laughs> I love. And there it was, and I was like, oh my god. And it came rushing back to me. What a what a huge time in my life like playing that game remembering just all the ups and downs and different memories and I bought it and I played it and it was surreal like Mm -hmm. just all these little things that would come back to me over the course of things I'd experienced a hundred times before and the weirdest part was I'm a big HP Lovecraft fan I love Eldritch Horror you know weird science and fiction and all that noise and I, I opened up the like skirmish mode where you just pick a map pick an enemy and fight it out no story And there was a map called Providence that was a symbol. It was like a blank map with a mountain range in the middle that was a symbol from an H.P. Lovecraft story. Okay. Providence, Rhode Island is where H.P. Lovecraft was born. It was like a very clear reference. It just blew me away how I wouldn't have been aware of that at the time, but just how it all fits together. You know, that I would become a fan of those books. Right. And here's this thing from my childhood that influenced me so much. It's, It's like interests are human interest is, like, cyclical. Like, whether you realize it or not, you're seeking different things because they give you the same feeling.
0: It kind of reminds me of uh, the same aspect as how, you know, family guy knows to... It knows its audience because it knows to quote stuff from the 80s. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? absolutely. Not stuff that, just going to
1: fly over a lot of kids' heads. Right, but they, they know who else is watching sure. other than kids. Uh, it's and not, obviously that's where the numbers are because, I mean, the show right. is still alive.
0: Right, right, for sure. And uh, maybe the same can be said for South Park. You know,
1: obviously they're writing from their own experiences, yeah, the writers. Modern um, political events and stuff. Right, But but, but they, know, they know their core audience. Right, right. And it'd be hard to accuse them of losing steam, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's crazy, man. And it's, nostalgia is such a huge part of culture now, and it makes mm-hmm. me wonder if, if I only see it that way because I am of my generation, or if people were this nostalgic going way back when. I,
0: no. I don't think I, so. No, they weren't. <laughs> I mean, for, from my experiences, I, I grew up through the... Uh, you know, I was born in the early 80s, so... By the time I'm remembering anything, uh, late 80s and then throughout the 90s is my uh, childhood, my school. And um, no, not the case, man. I mean, comic books, I did not tell anyone at school I read comic books. I mean, and I wouldn't have dared take taken one with me. And me and my friends used to draw comics and like god forbid anyone see those you know yeah. not that we were trying to create masterpieces they were just goofy little things typically making fun of our classmates right. but like spider-man and all that stuff how mainstream and popular it is now was not the case then yeah. and i remember even like when we were new to the internet being in chat rooms with people being like, there needs to be a spider-man movie this seems like an easy idea why hasn't it been done yet and we just sit and bitch back and forth and uh I just never, ever in a million years thought I would see the
1: day where there were multiple Spider-Man movies. It's like the people, let alone a whole universe. Yeah, the people with the money and the clout to get these things moving are the people who didn't tell their classmates they read comic books way Mm -hmm. back when. And it's weird the way the internet is influencing that culture too. I almost feel like if you don't mind me going on a minor rant here. I was thinking about something the other day that irks me. Because every now and then I get in these moods, and I think one particular thing is the root of all evil in the universe. This month's, you know, malicious thing is reaction videos. I don't know if you're aware of these. Yeah, yeah. Brooke talks about those. I... hate this concept yeah no no, i'm not throwing any shade on people who watch him i totally get it happiness is worth what you pay for and if it keeps you going by all means but the implications of reaction videos really stick with me the idea that to get to feel something anymore we have to watch someone else feel something and like feel vicariously through them and i feel like it's the anonymity and the isolation of the internet that's bred that in us Mm -hmm. it's it's like it's like Western culture is an ingrown hair. It's afraid to crest the surface, so it's just spiraling in on itself. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're not going anywhere. We're just yeah biting our own tail. It, yeah. I don't know, man. I just maybe I'm getting older. I see what you mean. I
0: just hate anything that everyone's clamors for. You know, yeah, I I, yeah. I
1: I've got and that here I am talking about room. Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm
0: clamoring toward that, but. Just you know, like when one person does it, how it just can't be enough for everyone to be like, "That's a good oh, idea." Cool. Yeah. Rather than, "Oh, I've got to do it too." Right. Oh, I've got to do it too. And then now everyone it's the cool thing to do. There's like a million reaction videos now,
1: and it just get, gets so watered down. And it's like, markets who cares? get saturated yeah. so fast, mm-hmm. so fast. As soon yeah. as one particular, it's like people are constantly looking for templates. You know, and they just fill that template with content and shove it out there. And I'm like, people are looking for this right now. It's right. It's weird, man. It's like the it's meme culture. You know, let's not right. make something new. Let's make variations of the same thing till it gets old. You right. Know, it's,
0: well, I, I, um, <clears throat> I wanted to tell you, actually, the next time we do a what if, which I want to do pretty soon. Sure. What would the world be like without Internet? I am so ready for that. And just how deep that goes, I like would love to do.
1: communication technology. So yeah, culture. start thinking
0: about that. Absolutely. But I mean, that's kind of where this conversation is like already going. Like just how the internet has uh, changed society. Sure, you know, just, it's given everyone a uh, you know a platform and too much of a backbone you know right. at times because that anonymity kind of like being in your car driving by someone you know it's easier to flip them off yeah yeah somebody say you fuck you, like, ah, fuck you. Yeah. rather than if you were standing there in front of that person you know where you could actually interact with
1: them you know you wouldn't yeah. do <laughs> it. If, if someone stepped in front of you at the grocery store the way they might pull out in front of you in a car right. you're not going to turn around and like hey fuck off
0: <laughs> so i think adding that um Anonymity. I can never say that word right. Anonymity. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and being, you know, allowing people to get the courage in that way to say these things, I think over time, then kind of also leads to a sense of entitlement yeah. to
1: that person. It like degrades the strength of a person's social skills, I think. To
0: yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, you can be the biggest hard ass you want on the internet, but the second you're back in yeah. uh,
1: the real world, it's, you're just... Timid and shy and- if, if you don't temper that With an understanding Of how real world Interaction goes down It's it's like Practicing alone You right. just You just Like your your Imperfection You know the phrase I'm drawing a blank But it's like You're just reinforcing Your own mistakes Right If you have no one To tell you You're doing it wrong Right and then before long that attitude's gonna suffuse your mistakes and you're just being like oh, well you don't know what you're talking about
0: well it's like the, on uh, on uh, American Idol when it used to be on you know the best part of that show was just watching the, the
1: early episodes when the people came in
0: and the- made asses of themselves yeah. and you get these people that had these build up like you know, I've been told my whole life I've got a great voice. Well, and now I'm the songbird I'm, of my generation. I'm here to show them that, you know, I can go all the way and then they get up there and it's just... They sing two bars of Unchained Melody. And, and, and like, Simon's like, out. that's enough. <laughs> and, you know, these people lose it and they just are baffled. They, yeah, they
1: just can't understand how they couldn't have been children.
0: Right. Because in their
1: mind, they're so absolutely preeminent. They are just destined. It's just like, I don't get it. Mamaw said I was good. Yeah. Well, Mamaw don't know shit about singing, sweetheart. I I almost think it's important for someone to tell you at some point in your life that, on a human scale, you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? It's like ultimately, <laughs> yes. no one cares. No, I, th- I think and you're you've absolutely build right. That up,
0: like, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that kind of rings back to our Disney "What If" episode, <laughs> yeah. where we yeah. talked about the illusion of everyone being special, right? I mean, I think a good reality check, I don't know how it would be done, but for everyone to realize that they're not
1: special, they need reminded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds very sinister and, and the And the shitty thing is, is that whether a person is special or not is the decision of the greater populace. Like people say, oh, don't mm. worry what people think about you. And you totally shouldn't. Right. Unless you want to be famous, then there's nothing more important <laughs> than the world. <laughs> you know, it sucks, but it's yeah. a poisonous thing to want that. Yeah. On to some extent, right? It, yeah. When fame is a goal, it's I don't know how I got on this tangent, but like, When if fame is a goal, then there's no, um, you're not going to do well when you get no, it. No, it's like fame should, should be a symptom of some extraordinary talent. Exactly, it should not be the thing you strive for, right? Like, not uh, like like I Neil have Armstrong, anything. like his fame is perfectly justified. Yeah, because he worked at it.
0: Kim Kardashian. Not so is much. an asshole. You know, it's <laughs> just...
1: Not so much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I see what you mean. But we've created a machine that makes stupid people famous. And whatever, if it keeps the machinery of this country oiled, if our economy is based on stupid people being mm-hmm. famous, okay, I don't want to tank the United States, but it still sucks.
0: I just hope I'm alive to see when you're able to put on a big headset and just submerge yourself into a virtual reality oh, and... That would be so cool. Yeah, not that I want to live in it, but um, <laughs> right. but God, the 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 pull of that fantasy world. And again, I, it's just crazy how uh, drastically our culture's changed in a short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, we've had the internet. What? Not even thirty years now, right? Yeah, it's everything. Everything.
1: Absolutely. It's not everything. part of everything. It is everything. It's our bank. It's our bank. It's our news. It's Our, it's our shopping our interaction. It's commerce and survival the And the economy Everything It is everything And I can only see it moving in the direction of further and further isolation You know, it's like that speech from uh, What is it? The, the Great Leader with Charlie Chaplin Or is it The Great Dictator with Charlie Chaplin? I have no idea I think it's The Great Dictator and he goes on and it's like These technologies He's talking from like the context of 40s technology Technologies like the telegraph and the radio That, that bring us close together are pushing us further mm-hmm. apart You know, and, and that's what's happening And I feel like the end game of this is when it reaches a level of immersion where what reason are you going to have to deal with people's faults and failings when you could opt for a reality where everyone is precisely as you want them to be? You know, when you don't have to deal with your filament, because I think a critical aspect of existing is not only overcoming your own faults, but understanding and working around the faults of others. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect, and you've got to learn to work with that, right? That's part of the process. And when you don't have to, when there's no incentive to... to That's the thing, I, though. People, you know, you, you're you right. You know, you have to,
0: like, work, you're saying, like, work together, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, come together. You have to and, overcome your differences, but what if you didn't? You know, well, why would you try? I don't think people do, though. I mean, some people do, but, I mean... I, I I grew up in the country. When you grow up in a town of like 1500, you you know, everybody, you know, everywhere you go, you nod, say hi, how you doing? Everybody knows everyone else. And even when you're, you know, out of town, you still do the same thing. Hi, how are you? If you make eye contact with someone, you come to the city, man. (laughs) I got shut down so many (laughs) times. I had to like make myself stop like saying hi to people because you just get like looks of who the fuck are, what are you, you? What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, I don't know you. Never do you get a response. Huh. And uh, it's
1: just a different world, you know. So close to home, so far away. I can, I can see <clears throat> what an effect that would have on your perception, because I never necessarily grew up in the big city, but I was always close to it. Living where I live in Ohio is, is I'm, I'm the furthest from the big major city centers that I've been since I've been young. So I, I never grew up with that. Um, That interconnectedness of a small community—it's
0: something else, and I I miss it sometimes. But you know, when if I were to go back, like the communities change, like everyone I know has moved on, not there anymore. But um,
1: they kind of change by staying the same in a way.
0: Kinda I mean Like our We went back to uh, The summer we went home For something To see some family And it's just fun To like go to your old town Sometimes And just check it out And you know Fall back into that old way But also You know Having lived in the city now And going back to it It seems so Foreign now Sure Like That you walk into somewhere And everyone looks at you And nods your head <laughs> And you're like Oh what the fuck is yeah. going on You know about it's, to be killed It's stuff that always happened that I just yeah. never noticed until it, I left it, didn't it for a while back then because and then it it was came the back. Standard. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's funny how that happens. But I don't know, man. And it, it makes you think just how influenced we are at every point in our lives by our surroundings and our attitudes. There's no standard for normal, there's no standard for correct. There's very little in the way of a social standard besides, you know, don't show people your ass and try not to vomit in public. You know, it's it all comes down to where you're from and who you've talked to. And it's so PC to be absolutely accepting of everyone. But how could that ever happen? Well, you, sh- you shouldn't be an if asshole. If you've got a problem you know I mean? with
0: anybody, with anybody, and you make it public online, you're going to hear some di- shit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You're going to hear some shit. And at the same time... <sighs> Not that you should, you know, but I'm just saying. But it's like if it's an actionable problem, it's like this particular person who lives in such and such town has been slashing people's tires and you're making it aware. Or if you're saying like, oh, you know what these people do? They slash people's tires. Like the difference between those accusations is so huge. And when you've got such an easy mouthpiece just in your pocket at all times, God, your judgment just goes out the window. And yeah. you can, and, and the thing is, when you, when you make a declaration on something like Facebook, mm-hmm. what you get back are emphatic agreements. You get two kinds of things: you get people who are like, "Hell yeah, right on!" Oh, you're totally right, and you get the type of person you're complaining about f- pushing back and saying, "That's bullshit. You're an asshole." Mm-hmm. And all it does is enforce that idea in your head. And it makes me think of, uh, and I'm
0: not going to say any names, but there was. Uh, <laughs> Going back to small-town drama, <laughs> sure. not that we touched on it to begin with, but some small-town drama. There, uh, There's only three stoplights in town. Oh, and at the middle stoplight is the courthouse slash firehouse. Court slash firehouse. It's, I guess it's not even a courthouse. It's just a townhouse, maybe? Sure. I, I don't know. Town hall kind town of Town hall, thing. thank you. Sure. Thank you. We got there, didn't <laughs> yeah. we? But, the Nestle um, Toll House. Yeah, <laughs> right, but it's also the firehouse. And this building is old, 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 old. It's a couple hundred years old, I believe. Uh, it's in the yard of this uh, town hall that there's this huge pine tree that's been there for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has lights on it. And every year at Christmas, they fire up the lights, sure. you know, lighting of the tree. And uh, this tree, they're, re- they're renovating the uh, town hall. And this tree has been kind of problem uh, problematic, I guess, yeah. in the reconstruction. And since it's so old and so tall, parts of the bottom have begun to kind of die off the tree's not dead just some of the bottom branches that aren't getting a lot of sunlight that makes sense it's not looking too good so the i don't know if it was the township or whatever decided we're cutting this tree down and we'll just plant a new one Hmm. and um people threw a fit on (laughs) there no you can't cut it down it's a staple of this community blah 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 you know which I agreed with personally. I sure. mean, don't cut it down. Yeah. It's been here forever. It's not dead. It's not an <laughs> yeah. eyesore. Just leave
1: it the work hell alone. It. Yes. Make it work. How much cooler is architecture that like melds into the background or right. the scenery instead of like? So it's, it's a cool tree,
0: and it's yeah. been there as long as anybody can remember that's standing there arguing for it. So, you know, I'm totally with it. And this one person I went to school with got on Facebook and just said one time, about some he said something like uh go ahead and cut it down it's an eyesore anyway like totally <laughs> against the grain you know right Coleman the dog from ass to head <laughs> <laughs> and um everybody went ape shit sure tore him up which then reinforced him he's very stubborn and it just started this whole uh big thing yeah. online where like, he just everyone who wants to keep us.
1: the tree is an asshole you know
0: well, they tore him up, man. They just the community just ganged up on him and tore him to shreds. Yeah. I, I don't remember how we got on this topic. I really don't. We were just talking
1: about how social media can kind of oh yeah, but yeah, right that right us there. And them mentality. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. So that was my example. Sure.
1: And it, it's everywhere. It's widespread, and it's hard to you can't vilify social media for all the good it's done the world. You know it. Yeah. A lot of bad. But it makes you wonder where culture is going and if it's a good place or not.
0: Right. (laughs) I guess we'll know when we get there, (laughs) won't we? It's hard to say, but I can't imagine it
1: being good. I I have to imagine, though, anytime society reaches a particular extreme, there's a snapback that pulls it closer to center. I hope so. I just don't
0: see that happening with, like, Facebook and stuff (laughs) like that. Like, that seems pretty permanent. Like, I don't see that...
1: So like, I, I don't have a Facebook, I don't have a personal Twitter account or a personal Instagram. I'm me off either. the grid with the exception of what I do for the show. Same here, brother. But how long before that's a hindrance? Right now, it doesn't matter. Like, from a professional standpoint, I can get a job without a Facebook page. <laughs> it was page, a
0: hindrance with my Pokemon Go yeah, rating, <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you that. It's, it's a social hindrance, at mm-hmm. least. And I don't know, man. I made a bullshit account just so I could roll with yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. And I made a fake name and so no one could find me. It's just... That's probably a good move. Uh, But I I took from uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger his first name. uh, My first name is Arnold. Arnold, Nice. (laughs) That's all you get.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't look much like an Arnold to me. Kind of the point. Awesome. I see where you're driving at. I don't know, man. I'm going to say something that uh, is not profound or unique in any way at all. It's the total opposite, but uh, the world's changing. That it is. And what it's has, it's not the world I knew as a kid. What happened to... Oh, wait, shucks.
0: What happened to my country? <laughs> yeah. Where my country gone? Yeah, it's definitely uh, has its ups and downs. Yeah. I'm very grateful to see everything come. It's cool to have not only this nostalgia boom, but to have it in the age of smartphones and whatnot yeah. the way we do. The age comp- of access. They complement each other very well. They do. And... Um, it's just a blast. I, I love it so much. And I, um, you know, as far as social media, I mean, you're always going to have stupid people yeah. no matter what, what's out there. So, and I, what's the latter? You know, if I sit here and bitch enough about it, so what? Take it away? <laughs> right. I mean, All right, we're guys, we're shutting down the internet.
1: Yeah, you, you, you're not ready. We're and that's the other down. thing. It is what it is. <laughs> so I can cry foul at the way culture is moving. and be like, oh, this is some bullshit. Yeah, who cares? That's where it's going. But typically what you
0: find is that the people who complain and bitch about these people online, you know, saying something, are people who... I mean, if you're seeing the person say that, that must mean you're in there stirring that pot too, right? Right. Uh, you're kind of part of the problem. It's so
1: if, if you really don't like it, you can walk away from it. The, that's the best possible thing, but it's so easy to fire back. So easy.
0: Well, I don't know. I've j- I've just never seen any attraction to Facebook. No. And
1: um, I can't imagine ever wanting to make myself one. It's not for me. No. Because it, it creates... <laughs> the reason I turned off mine, I had it a little bit throughout high school, and then a tiny bit after, and I wasn't very active. And then the what really was the last nail in the coffin, and I shut down my account, was some friend posted something on my wall, and I liked it and commented on it. And some other friend posted something on my wall, and I guess I didn't. Not because I liked one friend more than the other, just because I didn't really check Facebook that much. And that friend was pissed at me. It's like, well, you liked her stuff, but not mine. I'm like, I'm not not picking a favorite. Yeah. But it's like when, when it's such a linchpin of your social world, it carries with it these weird expectations. And I'm just, I thought to myself, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't. I don't want. Uh, I don't want the responsibility of this shit. It Sounds horrible. Yeah. So I. I, just, I shut it down. I'm like, it's not for me.
0: I've never had any moments where I thought, "Oh, maybe maybe I can make one. Maybe I should." <laughs> yeah, but right. this conversation is uh, great evidence as to why the Candair Facebook page is dog shit. <laughs> 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 I mean, like nothing going on there. <laughs> Find us on Twitter, people. Shocker, right? <laughs> Lordy. Oh, where are we at?
1: 40. What, you, 40. what do you think? I think we've got some we got some good stuff. Yeah. Well, Jake, what do we got on the website? I'll tell you what we got on the website, Jeremy. Uh, We've got links to our contacts page. If you want to reach out, tell us how we're wrong, and the Internet is great, and we're curmudgeons. Uh, We've got links to our merchandise, society6.com forward slash pod. Our special guest page, which we're extremely proud of, featuring mm. all the cool names we've spoken and had the privilege of speaking with. Uh, links to our social networking. Oh, the great villain of the 21st century. <laughs> uh, Instagram at KandarePod. It's Pod. great for marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't see it's one and have one, one just for yourself. Tool. Yeah, I don't want to advertise what I've eaten this morning. I don't want to see tell you pictures you what it was. of your kids or your dinner. You guys want to know what I had for breakfast? I had a blueberry muffin and four or five chicken nuggets that I made the night before. Listen That's on. right. I'm 26 years old. I had a banquet meal for lunch. Champion. We're winners. We got it. But yeah. Instagram, canned underscore air. Uh, Twitter, canned air or at canned air pod. Um, what am I missing? YouTube page fun videos mm. and more on the way, and uh, if you're attending a Wizard World convention, be sure to use promo code CANDARE, uh, lowercase no space, for 10% off your tickets. Can't beat that. You really can't. Oh, and our shadow puppetry contest.
0: Well, this is a Are burner, so it, might, a, be, oh, that doesn't it even, might be gone, yeah, we'll just, but yeah, uh, I can't imagine that that went well by the time <laughs> anyone's hearing
1: this. <laughs> All right, so past tense, there was a shadow puppetry contest. You may have heard of it You may have not You may have just ignored it Who cares Point of the matter is uh, Check us out on our website (laughs) Buy some Wizard World At least we didn't have to Ship a a prize out That's a good (laughs) one Glass half full on that one Yeah It's all about the silver (laughs) light It really is Why can't we give stuff away man Nobody wants it If
0: I was on Twitter And saw that all I had to do Was make a fucking Shadow (laughs) puppet on the wall For a stack of free comics
1: (laughs) Oh lord
0: I mean come on
1: it seems like a no-brainer, but uh, what am I what do I know, huh?
0: I'm just a guy who talks. How about we say for the next contest? You wanna win some comics? Tell us
1: your feelings. Yeah, leave a comment. People will do Talk that to us. There it is. Well the way I feel what was your least favorite thing about the recent episode?
0: <laughs> Society6.com forward slash Kinder Moich, Sweet March t-shirts. Mugs, clocks, shower curtains—kinds of shit with our logo on it that you want. You want it. You, you know. want it. You know. Quit fooling yourself. Yeah, come on. Just go home. surrender your you credit card to that website, society 6com slash canned air I hope surrender you en- your credit card. I like. That. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this burner episode. We uh, did. Yeah, I love doing these. Me I love. Too. I love attacking without a format. It's right. Fun. You
1: just wade in.
0: <laughs> yeah. So until next time, I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jake Runyon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, Joey, why don't you come over here and spray paint your name on the wall? But I don't wanna. What are you, chicken? Hold on there, boys. Whoa, it's Flint. Instead of writing your name, write candarepodcast.com and help spread the word. Well, that's a great idea. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe!
1: The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War. But half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, we'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality, of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency check out our show ohio versus the world on the evergreen podcast network for our new episode about america's most forgotten war now back to the show